It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted green jacket. All right. And DraftKings, America's top rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action. This week's DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time, you golf nuts. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in and all the action. Choose your golfer before the tournament tees off Thursday morning. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code BTB when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament. That's code BTB to turn $1 into $100 for limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Traded football for some fight gear, then got punched right in the face. Woke up with a baby, puke all over the place. But I keep the ground with T-Y-K, this is the best I've ever felt. Started doing stand-up, there's a new hand I've been dealt. So right before this makeup on my face begins to melt, it's time to go below the belt. What's up, Dickies? Welcome to Below the Belt. Fresh after the Easter holiday. Hopefully everyone had a nice little Easter. Hopefully you ate some cabbage eggs for your boy here. Literally my favorite candy on the planet. Cabbage eggs. you have any uh, cabbage eggs, Jen? No eggs at all. No eggs. Mm-mm. Nothing. No chocolate eggs, no regular eggs. No peeps? Nope. No peeps. Just chilled. You guys, you guys don't really celebrate uh, Easter? I don't think my family, only when we were kids, we do yeah. Easter every time. Yeah, that's like, all we do for the kids. It's yeah. not too much of a religious thing around. No. Yeah, we, we took Tiger to this place called uh, Sugar Factory. And uh, what are you laughing at, Kev? <laughs> Just Sugar Factory. It's called Sugar Factory. Things made famous by the Kardashians. They have all these celebrities' pictures on the board. Not my doing. I had my reservations about it. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. I'll leave it at that. It, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Probably, well, probably we'll never go back. Uh, but the kiddos liked it. For them to rot their teeth out, the kiddos loved it. Yeah, I mean, Easter's for the kids, for, really, these days, isn't it? Kind of for the kids. Um, had an interesting uh, Friday. I shot Firing the Kid in the morning. And then I did a kind of a cross-promotion. I co-hosted Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Um, co-hosted it. But then it will also be on this week's Food Truck Diaries. So it's Mike Tyson, myself, and the guest is Francis Ngana. <clears throat> Ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. The heavyweight champion of the world. So, um, yeah, it's a fun one, man. It's a fun one. I was a little nervous about doing it because it's not my show. Even though it's a cross-promotion with food truck and hot boxing, it's not my show. If it's a food truck, I can control the narrative, and, um, you know, that's my thing. I take, you know, Jesus, take the wheel. Thick boy, take the wheel. But when it's a hot box, that's Mike Tyson's show. So um, I had anxiety going into it because I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not used to doing other people's shows, especially co-hosts. And then, you know, it's Mike Tyson. It's his show. But then they're asking me to do 
a lot of the heavy lifting. So you'll see it. It's a good one, man. It's fun. It's cool to see Francis and Mike Tyson together. Um, it's also cool to see. Obviously, there's a. You were there, right, Kev? Well, I was. Not you were not there. There's obviously an age gap, an experience gap between uh, Tyson and then Francis and myself. So Tyson has one perspective on fighting. Obviously, when he was fighting in the '90s, it was a different ball game. When you're the baddest man on the planet, and back then you're making forty, fifty million a fight. And you've had bad managers and, you know, promoters and agents and lawyers, you know, and you, Don King was your guy and he screwed you over for all those years. You're going to have different optics. You have a different perspective on the game of fighting than someone like Francis who hasn't been screwed over. So you'll see there's it's basically me and Francis teaming up on Mike trying to because Mike kept saying all you need is a lawyer. He kept would not get off. All you need is a lawyer. And I was like, again, it's his show, so I don't want to make it the Brendan Schaub show. So I'm like, I I get that, Mike, but you also went broke and bought white tigers with just a lawyer. So <laughs> I get what you're saying. And then Francis trying to tell him, like, it's a different game, dude. Like, I didn't make $30 million for this. He probably made maybe $2 million, maybe a million and a half. He's like, so I, don't, I can't have a lawyer on board 24-7. I don't have that kind mm -hmm. of money. And then, you know, Mike's like, well, then you need to go out and do your own thing. And I'm like, yeah, about that, though. So then there's contracts. So we can't just leave and go do our own thing. And then I kept saying how, you know, I think uh, Africa in particular is kind of the, you know, you and you think, and Prince made a great point, when you think about how many Africans are in the UFC, not many, and how many are champions. It's insane. So you have the three big dogs. You know, in Israel, Adesanya, you got uh, Kamaru Usman, and then Francis Ngannou. You got three champs of three major, major divisions, and they're all three superstars, dominating superstars. So there's something going on in Africa. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting. So my whole thing was, you know, everyone says how, you know, uh, Dagestanis and Russians are taking over, which they are as far as masses, but there's, obviously there's something special going on in Africa. So I was pitching him, John Jones, Francis, Thrilla in Manila with those guys in Africa. And then Mike's like, yeah, you should just do it yourself. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> again, I, I like where your head's at, I, it, but it's 2021 and there's contracts involved. So that's, but he has the right uh, frame of mind, you know, for those guys to get the most money. But again, when you, when you watch the episode, remember, Mike comes from a different background. He comes from a different perspective. You're talking about a guy that got royally fucked over. You know, he's kind of the post boy of that, where fighters learn that you can't trust these agents and managers and stuff like that. They're going to take advantage of you. So keep that in mind when you watch the episode. Mike comes from his perspective, and his perspective is priceless. So there, there's, there's reason to give credit to it and wait to his argument or discussion or point of view. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was really, really fun, man. It was a unique experience. It's also interesting because it's also interesting because Francis was going to be on food truck and we had him scheduled a food truck. And usually I just go direct to Francis or me and his agent are, are close friends, Markel, at CA. And so I see Francis doing all these shows and I'm like, what, when's he booked for, uh, when the hell's he booked for my show? 
because he always when he's in town, he always comes on. And so uh, didn't hear from him, didn't hear from him. And then a little birdie tells me that it's not Francis, it's not Markel. One of his co- his wrestling coach, I think his name is Nick, heard me, <laughs> heard me was a fan of the sh- watches the show, heard me discuss Francis go prior going into the Stipe rematch. And remember, the point I made is everyone, every show you tune into, name anyone big in the space, everyone you t- tune into says Francis is a completely different fighter. He's a different guy. He's better. He's more experienced. His my, frame of mind's different. His wrestling's better. He's a different fighter than when he fought Stipe previously. All I said, all I said was, we don't know. We do not know because going based off his last four fights, his longest fight was a minute 12, I think. And we didn't see any wrestling uh in that, in any of those fights, you know, Curse Blades obviously a, a wrestler. He got knocked out. Uh, that was, I think, forty-five seconds. The other guys, we, we didn't really see them try to take him down. Uh, Eric uh, Nixick, yeah. I think is his mm-hmm. name. Yeah, R- badass, complete badass. Um, but I, you know, I, you're his wrestling coach, and I get that you've done a great job. But for yeah, remember, I got to create a show here. So if I come on here and go, Francis via KO. And then you turn another show, and Chael goes, Francis via Kale. Turn another show, Ariel says, Francis Kale. And then you turn into Luke Thomas. He goes, Francis Kale. There's no show. There's no show. So my job is to paint a picture or come up with some other avenues or discussion or something that might make you think differently going into the fight. All I said was everyone and their mom and his coaches are saying that Francis is a different fighter. And I'm telling you, we don't know. And I'm right. We don't know. Because those four fights leading into it showed otherwise. We learned nothing. If you look at the Rosenstruck fight, we didn't see. You look at the wrestler, Curtis Blades, uh, Derek Lewis. You know, we look at all these fights leading up to it. We do not know. And that's all I was saying. I didn't say he's not better. I'm saying we don't know. And what, do we, and what happened at the, the Monday after he starts Stipe? I said, well, we do know now. We, we saw, we learned the coaches were right. The critics were right. He is better. He has worked on his wrestling. Not only did he work on his wrestling, but his wrestling's damn good. His sprawling, his, his technique, uh, the seatbelt, hip to hip, the ground and pound, he's a lot better. Yep, you guys were right. That's it. That's it. So I was, I was a little worried about that going into Tyson, and it wasn't a Francis thing. He's like, right, I don't give a fuck, dude. It's... His team, I think, was like, dude, you're you're going too hard on France. I'm like, that that's me out of two, dude. That's me chilling. I, that's just a discussion. I can't bring up the question. We don't know. So all the beef is squashed. Not that I don't think there was beef. I think they were just like, come on, dude, his wrestling's better. All right. There you go. But it's a good one. And so that drops on it's gonna be on both Mike Tyson's channel on hot boxing. Uh, I think they air it Wednesday, and then I will air at my normal standard food truck diary time at 9 a.m. on Thursday. So you can get it in both spots. It's a fun one, man. Definitely different. Again, there's going to be no food. There's going to be no food on this one. So get your favorite dish from Postmates or DoorDash and eat it and watch it. And it's like a food truck, but I'm not eating and you are. So do that. And just think of it like there's a food truck behind us. 
Listen, man, life is crazy. 2021, things are opening up. Life is hectic. Did you forget one thing at the store? All right. Do you need snacks? You need drinks? I need drinks. I'm a drink guy. So I use DoorDash because they can deliver it within 30 freaking minutes. Dinner? Check. Deodorant? Check. Toothpaste? Check. Coffee? Check. Whatever you need, they get it for you with DoorDash. All right. So let's get it going, man. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now, right to your door. And you can now even get grocery essentials with DoorDash, get drinks, snacks, other household items delivered in under an hour, ordering easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want it, and your items will be left safely outside your door with contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia, you can support your neighbor, neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorites like Popeye's, your boy's favorite Chipotle, or Cheesecake Factory. All right? So for limited time, Below the Belt listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app, enter the code BTB. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store, enter code BTB. Don't forget, that's code BTB for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. That's DoorDash, BTB for 25% off. Hey, thickies, guess what? Got some facts right here. You know 95% of Americans live on a fiber gap? That's right, from hyper-diligent food trackers to everyday Americans, over 9 out of 10 people are deficient in fiber. Fiber is one of the most well-studied nutrients of all time and is a bona fide superfood for most people. All right, so uprising came along. But before they came along, it was nearly impossible to get enough fiber each day because it's completely impractical to get 30 grams each day. Two full heads of broccoli? Yeah, good luck, man. All right, for most people, these people made it simple and enjoyable to hit your fiber numbers. Thank goodness for these uprising people. All right. Go to uprisingfood.com slash BTB. Buy the sampler bundle. See what you like, man. It's only $48 and you get six products to try. That's uprisingfood.com slash BTB. The first 1,000 people to use my code BTB at purchase will get free standard shipping. Hurry while supplies last. I'll tell you, and what I love, man, because you know your boy's on a diet, man. I'm trying to get less thick. I'm always going to be thick because of my DNA. But for me, the superfood chips is a must. When I need my fiber, I need it right. And try it out, man. Go to uprisingfood.com slash BTB. And then when I get done with Tyson, I have to race back here and do a food truck with sugar sean o'malley which will drop in two weeks and he's one of my favorite guests and he's a reoccurring guest on there uh that was a fun one and also the the, you know showtime that books the trucks man you guys know i'm on a diet daddy you know i'm trying to lose weight they booked a fucking ice cream truck (laughs) and usually i can if if it's like a taco truck a a talent truck a Korean barbecue truck, whatever. I can navigate my way and eat something that's not going to make me shit my pants and put on 12 pounds. Ice cream, I'm all out of options, man. So I was like, just give me your most famous thing. I get like this cookie monster dish. There's cookies. It's blue. It's a hot mess. So I just ate the whipped cream off the top and then uh, ate a scoop of it. Because you can't have a food truck show with the kids on a diet. I mean, you can't. I got to try it. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. And I didn't feel great. I gotta apologize now because the next food truck is a Benny Hibachi truck. Oh, is that good? That's it's really good. It's one of my favorites. Well, that's gonna be good though because I can eat healthier. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like uh, it's like Benny Hanna's, right? Yeah. 
Oh, dude, that's there's no carbs. But I mean, it's still a food truck. You might still shit your pants. Yeah, it's, <laughs> shit my pants. I'm okay with. It's shitting my pants and gaining weight is what I have a problem with. Yeah, Benny Abachi. What's good? Oh, that looks good, that dude. So good. I'll just go easy on the sauce. Uh -huh. A little white rice, chicken shrimp. And the guest for that truck will be Misha Tate, who will also be on Fire and the Kid that, that on Friday. She's on Fire Kid and Food Truck. I should get, try and get Malik not to ask stupid questions <laughs> to the guest. Like, d does it hurt when you punch in there? You know, stuff like that. So don't worry. I'll, I'll coach him up. We'll figure it out, though. We'll figure it out, man. Uh, there was fights this weekend. It was actually the first, if you guys saw it, uh, it was the first Bellator on Showtime. J Showtime just does it different. I know you're going to say, oh, you're a homer. You cannot watch this Showtime uh, Bellator collab there, and all their major cards are going to be on Showtime moving forward, so you're welcome. But uh, you can't watch and say it's not a better product. It's so much better as far as the production goes. Um, the commentating team now is no more Goldberg, which I, news to me, no more Goldberg. Love Goldberg. Shout out to Goldberg. But it's Marl Ronaldo, who's one of my faves. Love Marl. Uh, Big John and uh, and uh, my boy. Josh Thompson. Josh Thompson. The punk Josh mm -hmm. Thompson. And then Big John and Josh Thompson have a podcast called Wayne In, which is also fantastic. Yep. And those guys are balls deep in Bellator. Those guys, if you want someone to break down Bellator, listen, they're balls deep in it. You know, they're, they're interviewing the fighters. They're breaking down the fire. They will give you a straight breakdown from the Jordan Newman, Br Branco Busick fight of the prelims all the way to Patricio and Emmanuel Sanchez. So, yeah. Um, but the card was good, man. The, the main card was uh, really good. Uh, Magomedov kicked off or ended. He was the main event on the prelims. He he did work with, against C.J. Hamilton. Uh, submission, rear naked choke in the second round. Um, and then the women's card uh, was the, the, the debut there on Showtime for the main card. You had that. You had uh, Nurmagomedov, which is Habib's cousin, I think. Yeah. It's his cousin. Looked pretty good. You know, didn't blow your hair back. But looked pretty good. Uh, then Fortune took out my boy Jack May in the first round in three minutes. I think I was kind of expected, unfortunately. Uh, Jason Jackson um, and uh, Neiman Gracie. Man, maybe I didn't pay attention enough. I didn't have Jackson win in that fight. Do you know what? No, no, no one watched Bellator now. You guys suck. Uh, I watched the Patricio. I, 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 twenty nine, twenty eight. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I'd have to watch it again, but I, I thought when it went to decision, you know, I was doing stuff, but then I, when I was watching on screen, I'm like, oh, Gracie probably got that. Some of the position he had. I mean, these judges. When a guy has full mount for as long as he did, or his back for as long as he did, he, yeah. But you know, Jason Jackson probably fighting for a, a title shot next he's a badass that was my pick for fight of the night on there not really fight i maybe fight of the night uh then uh the pitbull patricio uh pitbull just did work he's an absolute monster definitely one of the best uh 145ers on the planet is he the best only one way to find out once you jump on over to the shark shark cage the shark tank over that the ufc 145 um my question for you, if you say he's the best 145 on the planet, um, my question for you is how would Emmanuel Sanchez do in the top 10 in the UFC? 
Uh, go to uh, uh, Pitbull, his oh. uh, resume there. Mm-hmm. Let me see his last few fights. Now, he does have a win over Michael Chandler. Yep. So that definitely gives him some weight. So his last loss was to Benson Henson, which was a leg injury. Um, he beat Juan Atreleta. That's a good one. Yeah, my, you know, it would just be level of difficulty. You know, when you compare the 145 depth compared to the UFC 145 depth. So if you like UFC 145 and you look up his last six opponents, you know, how would they do against Calvin Kadar, uh, the Korean Zombie, Yair Rodriguez, Zabit, Brian Ortega, Max Holloway, ever heard of him, uh, and then Alexander Volkanovsky. Again, I don't know. There's one way to find out, though, you know, and that would be if they cross-pollinated. Um, but, I, you know, styles make fights. I, I think Max Holloway would have something to say about the, the uh, Patricio over there. He's a badass, though, man. He's fucking good. And his next fight against uh, McKee Jr. there. Um, listen, I, I picked him from the very start. Um, he's my my dark horse in the tournament, the, the featherweight tournament that they're doing. And I think uh, that, that's probably the favorite, especially if you're Scott Coker, this is exactly what you wanted, McKee versus Patricio Pitbull. Um, it, you know, you got the young lion uh, versus versus the vet, the world champion vet. So uh, this fight I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited. I don't know when they're going to do the – the finals, but that is one to watch, man. That's a great fight. Great fight, man. And then you got a bunch of fight announcements uh, coming up this weekend, one after freaking another, man, I feel like. Now that things are opening back up, <clears throat> notice what's going on here. Now that things are opening back up and they're off Fight Island, they're leaving the apex, the UFC has announced some big boy cards. They, they weren't going to play their best hand during the pandemic. I'm grateful they even had fights. So I'll, listen, I'll watch the early prelims all fucking day and pay money for it. But what they're doing to maximize their value and the, their money is they were saving the big dogs. Notice how the big, big boys didn't fight in, in the pandemic. The real big ones didn't fight. Uh, some did, you know, Khabib, uh, Dustin Poirier, stuff like that. But the, the, the big boys waited till this was done. And then now that you have, you know, big, big card in Jacksonville, that thing stacked. A big card in Houston, that thing stacked. The boys are coming out. The boys selling out real out. fast too. Selling out in record time. Mm-hmm. Record time. You had some of those announcements on there, Chad? Yeah, there's a bunch. Um, do you want to start with that or? Sure. Okay. Let's see. Well, this this one's crazy. Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz. I love this. For, I love this for a variety of reasons. Um, Leon Edwards is the most underappreciated guy in the UFC by far. Not even fucking close. He's ranked number three in the goddamn world. He was out for two years. They give him Bilal Muhammad, right? Mm-hmm. Probably a guy, he, he was just looking for a fight. That's what they gave him. Not an easy fight, but he still took the fight. Prior to that, he was supposed to fight Hamzat. It fell through how many fucking times? He was the only guy that was really will, willing to fight him. Um, you know, so I think the UFC did right here by giving him a big blockbuster fight. And there's no bigger blockbuster fight in that division than fighting a guy in Nate Diaz. So let's talk about Nate Diaz. A guy who hasn't fought since Jorge Masvidal. He lost that fight. I had some of those rounds, 10-8. He lost that fight pretty bad. So he's not active. But one thing about Nate Diaz, 
is one of the reasons his fan base is so loyal and the MMA fans love him is because he's a fighter's fighter. So if you're a fighter's fighter, granted, he's taken, you know, big fights against Conor McGregor, stuff like that. And he said, you know, the Mazdal fight's a, a big thing. But he, when it comes down to it and, uh, you know, his back's against the wall, he's a fighter's fighter. He wants to fight the best fighters on the planet. And nobody wants to fight Leon Edwards because he's so goddamn good. And for Nate Diaz, who, according to some other journalists, was offered a variety of fights of guys coming off losses, you know, guys with names, but would have been an easier outing for Nate Diaz. He waited, and this is why he wasn't fighting. He waited until uh, a guy like Leon Edwards was available, and the UFC didn't even call Nate Diaz for this fight. He, Nate Diaz called the UFC and said, give me Leon Edwards. So you're talking about a real badass, man, because it's not a favorable matchup for Nate Diaz. But if I'm Nate Diaz's management team, and I have no idea who managed Nate Diaz, but if I'm Nate Diaz's management team, my thinking is, okay, Leon Edwards, straight striker, straight stand-up guy, Nate Diaz probably has their thing in better cardio, better boxing, definitely not a better kickboxer. Leon Edwards is going to be a little quicker, but the pressure of Nate Diaz, the size of Nate Diaz, if he were to get by Leon Edwards, he's number three. And everyone's, you know, he's the, he's the, the, the British uh, boogeyman. So if Nate Diaz were to beat him, then from there you get the fights that Nate uh, was calling for, the Charles Oliveras, the Dustin Poirier's, and he said he wants to be active in 2021. So if Nate Diaz were to beat Leon Edwards, and I think he'll be a two-to-one underdog, that's not saying he can't beat him. So if Nate Diaz does beat Leon Edwards and you're a Nate Diaz fan, the next thing you're getting is probably, you know, um, it, it, it's tough because that division is jumbled up there, you know? That division is definitely jumbled up there. So um, it's it's going to be fun, man. There's a, there's a lot for him up there, man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, lot for him up there. Well, this weekend we had – Darren Till out, so Kevin Holland's coming in for to fight Vittori. It's so frustrating if you're a Darren Till fan, which I am. Mm. You know, I guess back to Instagram, Bubba. <laughs> Have you ever had or you known people with had collarbone injuries? Uh, like broken I broke collarbone? my collarbone. Oh, yep, How I broke it? my collarbone in high school. It sucks for he, if he actually broke his collarbone, which I think he did. Mm. Um, if he if you break your collarbone, there's no way you're fighting. I mean, no chance. I mean, so. Uh, collarbone's a real injury, you know, and I don't think Till's some sort of punk that is faking an injury or something like that or finding your way out. Mm-hmm. I actually think this was a, a good matchup for him, tough fucking matchup for him. But, yeah, if you're a Darren Till fan, it's fucking frustrating, man. It's very frustrating. But he'll, he'll get better, and we'll, we'll see what happens for him next. You know, things happen for a reason, I like to believe. Uh, the Vittori fight was a tough one for Till. And Till was an underdog for a reason, that fight. Vittori's a motherfucking yeah. monster. Remember, Vittori's last loss, I think, was a split decision to Izzy. That's how good this kid is. Now, granted, they're both young, and Izzy was young. It's not the same Izzy now. It's also not the same Vittori as it is now. So um, he's a badass, man. As far as Kevin Holling goes, what, what are the odds on this fight, Chin? Yep, last loss, ready, was in 2018 Split decision to Izzy. Since then, he's been on a fucking tear. Mm-hmm. He's a problem, man. Uh, minus 335. Yeah. 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 Um, I told you guys with Kevin Holland, it's tricky, right? Because we learned a lot about that Derek Brunson fight. I'm not buying that some of these other 
entertainers in the MMA space say, oh, he he was giving up the takedown. That's what he wanted. Not buying that. I don't know how much they're paying you to say that. But um, Vittori is not a, a wrestler by nature. So it's it's a different fight. So, you know, favorably, this is going to be a striking fight. And the one thing you can't do is train for a guy like Colin. He's just so unconventional. He's unorthodox. He's wild, has explosive power. Um, even the Derek Brunson fight, they were on the feet for maybe a minute and he almost fucking knocked his ass out. So Holland does have that X factor. And this is tough because if Holland loses this one, now that's too, now especially if he gets starched, that's two losses in a row. And then the UFC is going to have to figure out what to do with you. The other thing is if he goes into it and he's looking at the crowd and he's talking to the refs and he's talking to the cornermen and he's trying to put on the entertainer that he is and you lose again, they might cut you. Because uh, Dana was disgusted from what I hear with his last performance. Didn't even finish the fight. Walked out during the third round. That's how disgusted he, he was. And then Khabib illegally streamed it, whatever. Um, <laughs> that was funny. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think for Kevin Holland, you know, big risk equals big reward. But big risk, this could be a real big one uh, as, as far if a loss goes. If he, if he goes in and doesn't have a good outing, the, the Kevin Holland train could be completely derailed. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I, when I first heard it, I went, oh, that makes sense. He, he's just trying to, you know, shed that last loss, and it was a terrible outing, and he got outclassed and talking to the crowd and the cornermen, and he was on focus, and he's on Dana's shit list now. But you, you fill in for an injured Darren Till on short notice. You're ready to go, and you pull off a win. You're telling me there's a chance. You're right back in there, big dog. So I'm rooting for Kevin Holland. It, it's a tough fight. Now, as a guy who likes to bet, and I, I usually post all my bets, as a guy who likes to bet, Kevin Holland is this big as a dog ain't a bad bet because, again, he has the X factor, and I like to bet on the X factor. I'm not putting up my fucking you know, kids' college tuition investment on it, but I would put a handsome uh, amount on Kevin Holland getting it done uh, you know, via KO just because he has that X factor. And I always bet on that X factor. There's always something there, you know, where you can't really, the the odds makers, Vegas can't really put put a put a finger what makes them special. So the odds are so so far between. So I'm not mad at that. Is it, is it going to happen? I don't know, but it's not a bad idea to put a little money on him, get it done. Tough fight for him, man. Oh, and again, yeah. if he loses this one and and looks bad again, that Kevin Holland, this is the game, man. You know, everyone was on his nuts last year. He was fire of the year, and then look at 2021. We're talking about him. God, he loses again. What are they going to do with him? Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Sports fucking crazy. It's what have you done for me lately? Well, his last outing was not great. All right, let's take a little break because guess what? It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted green jacket. All right. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week's DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time, you golf nuts. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament. If they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in and all the action. Choose your golfer. 
before the tournament tees off Thursday morning. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. If you're not into golf, you UFC this weekend. Again, I told you, Kevin Holland ain't a bad bet. Is he going to win? I don't know. But if you like to take chances, Kevin Holland has that X factor. He's a huge dog. Listen, the odds are against him to get it done. But again, if you want to put it $10 on him, $100 on him, you're going to make more money in the end by betting on these dogs. So that's my dog pick of the week. Is it going to get done? I don't know. If you want, if you have a few dollars to throw away, that would be the bet. It's the only one you're really going to make money on because Vittori is such a heavy favorite. Use DraftKings, all right? Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code BTB when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament, that's code BTB to turn $1 into $100 for limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Going back to that collarbone, how long did it take you to recover? I was in high school, man, so you recover like Wolverine. You got okay. a boner all the time, <laughs> yeah. and your fucking bones heal fast. You know, it's high school. I had acne. I don't know. A few yeah. months. <laughs> it tills out for a while. Yeah. Depends how bad it is. The hairline fracture or it's a complete break. Uh, complete, I don't know how he did it. He says training. That's insane. Freak accident. Um, so, Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky are going to be the new Ultimate Fighter hosts. I guess hosts, coaches, whatever. Coaches. Yeah. Host. I don't know. Um, Dana's kind of the host of that show. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I would love to see all the Ultimate Fire make a comeback. That's you know, that's that was my ticket to the chocolate factory. So as alumni in the biggest season ever. Okay, be cool. Um I would love for it to come back. These two aren't the personality to make it come back. It's an interesting choice, yeah. It's interesting because one of the reasons why my season, season 10, with Rashad Rampage was so big and went viral is because they fucking hated each other and talked so much shit. Um, you know, if you look at other seasons, whenever there's real bad blood between the coaches, it makes the show more interesting. Volkanovsky is one of the nicest guys in the world. Brian Ortega is one of the nicest guys in the world. No one really talks shit. Unless you're the manager of Korean Zombie, then Brian Ortega might slap you, but that's out of character for you. Yeah. That's not Brian Ortega. So if you're thinking, well, Brian had that beef with, you know, your boy, what's his name? Jay Park. Jay Park. That's, I'm telling you, that's not, Brian Ortega is the most respectful and nicest guy on the planet. That's not him. Um, so I, I don't know, man. Maybe you have characters in the house that, that will bring the, the viewership. Um, I'll probably watch it because I'm a degenerate, you know. Um, now, is it better than, uh, Dana White's contender series, absolutely not. Is there room for it? I think so. I think so. Um, I don't think it's going to blow anybody's hair back, though. You know, I don't think it's going to be like crazy off the charts and we're breaking down the fights on here, you know, every Monday after, after the house. But I'll watch it for sure. Yeah. Hopefully they change it a little bit, though. If it's the same. They got to do something, yeah. man. They, gotta do, they know this. Yeah. It's not like, you know, they know this. You can't get update with the times. I, I don't know what you do, man. I'd have to really sit down and think about it. I like them to go out. Just like the real world, real world, you know, they go out and party and all that stuff. But they have to come back to the yeah, house. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be bad. Especially if no one's famous in the house. Because mm -hmm. if they're famous, that's a problem. But if when no one's famous and they can go out, yeah, like the real world and they yeah. go to clubs and shit. 
And then one guy's partying. He's like, dude, you got to fight the next day. Yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be dope. That'd be a bad idea. It's going to be in Vegas. And then you do it at the Apex Center. Like, this is easy work, man. Dude, Vegas nightlife. It's opening back up, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, another one. This is cool. Gilbert Burns. I didn't Steven see Thompson. this. When did this get announced? <laughs> Recently. Wow. Shit is popping. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's a great matchup. So that's a pay per view. July oh, 10th. man. I got Wonder Boy in that fight. What's the, what's the, uh, what's the odds? Odds? Let's see. Y'all sleeping on Wonder Boy, man. He's a fucking nightmare of a matchup for people. He's, take down, he's hard to take down. Mm-hmm. You're telling me Gilbert Burns is going to knock him out? Huh? No. Gilbert Burns minus 155. Get on it now. Close. That's going to change, especially after, if people watch and bet on it on this show. Bet on that now because those odds are going to be damn near even. Or I bet you by the time that wins that fight, July 10th, I think. By the time that fight comes around, one of boys going to be a favorite. Yeah, July 10th. I'm going to go big on Wonder Boy on that. Right on. Another fight, heavyweight, Cyril Gunn and Alexander Volkov. <laughs> when was this? <laughs> I don't see social media. This is fantastic. April 3rd. Wow. Wow. Fight night headliner. Hell, you bet your sweet ass it's a fight night headliner. And June 26th. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, great fight. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal fight. Amazing fight. Yeah, you'll see with the Tyson with Francis uh, episode that airs Wednesday on Tyson, Thursday on Food Truck, that, um, you know, Francis is pretty pretty stern on John Jones is what I want next. You know, I want next. And he has no issues with him holding out for money. He says he deserves it. It makes sense. He'd do the same thing. Um, so that's what he wants next. And I said, so if that doesn't happen, is like a Derek Lewis or Cyril Gunn or anything? He's like, no, no, no. It, it, John Jones is the fight. Unfortunately, though, uh, Kevin showed me this tweet from Errol Hawani. Well, basically, it's uh, there. Here, UFC has kicked the t- kick the tires. Mm-hmm. UFC has kicked the tires on friends Derek Lewis, June second, source or June twelve twelve. Source say how the time doesn't work for Engano, and I don't blame him. He just won the belt. Bigger story here, I must admit, is at least for now they don't seem keen on waiting around for Jones. That's such a bummer if that's true. The 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 disparity the the relationship between Dana and Jones is such a, a tragic thing, tragic. The very best of all time in the president of the company. When you got when you're talking egos, this is a number game. But you're talking Dana's egos get in the way of giving us the greatest fight in heavyweight history. Mm-hmm. It's such a bummer. I don't listen. I love Derek Lewis. I don't. See, I, I guess I want to see that. I don't want to see anything. I don't see any anything talked about. Besides Francis versus John Jones. That's it, man. And get it done. I know. You got one job. Honestly, people do. I don't want that job. What are you talking about? Making fucking superstar matchups? Pretty fucking easy. 400 million? Cry me a fucking river. Get it done, dude. Focus on that. Yeah, I wish. So I, since we're on John Jones, I saw him on Steve-O's podcast, the one that you were on before. Uh-huh. Um, it was interesting. Steve-O kind of was like really honest with him, too. Because Jones was like, Dana hates me. He hates me like, you know, doesn't like me. He really, like, personally, he just doesn't doesn't like him. And that's correct. But then uh, Steve-O was like, well, you kind of put him on the spot when you said, you know, pay me before they could even negotiate. So he was already in a press conference, and he, the, right then and there, the negotiation had to start. 
You know, see, you put Dana on the spot. Like he has, he has to come back with something. Instead but of do talking you, but to you, do the you come back and and devalue your product? No, that's that stupid fights too. And go, well, he's scared. Yeah, it's stupid too. Yeah. That's the best. You, that's the most creative answer you come up. He's scared. The pound for pound greatest fighter we've ever had, who's beat all comers. Scared? I know. No, you're scared to open up the wallet, Bubba. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't get Steve. Well, you're the one that's what? But because here's the thing: is John has to make this public because John's not here. He knows he's not getting paid what he's worth. So John's saying before this even before you guys even start, and because think about this: if Dana, which he's done before, goes on that press conference, goes, "Yep, John's next," and then days shortly after that, John goes. That you got to pay me to do that. Then the narrative's, oh, John's scared. He's not doing this. Mm. Before that narrative came out, John went, let me take the power. And went, totally down. He's scary dude. I'll beat the fuck out of him. I'll probably be a favorite going to that fight. Down to do it, but you got to pay me for what a heavyweight championship fight is. Yeah. Before that even starts. So completely down, but you guys know you got to pay me. Because otherwise, the narrative would have been, oh, John's a bad guy. He's scared of him. Doesn't want to do it. So this is John taking the wheel, going, no, 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 before you start slandering my fucking legacy, this is the, the reason why it's not getting done. Mm. Which I think is smart, as, as a fighter, and a guy that knows the game, I think it was smart for John to come out before any of this bullshit got started, went completely down, because I guarantee you, they went to John before this, because they said there's rumors John was going to be cage side. Well, John didn't show up cage side, because he knows they weren't going to offer give him wow. the money he wants. So he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not partaking in this. Pay me for what this fight is worth. I wish you were on the podcast at the same time. I would have lit Steve yeah. up in a nice, you know, I love you, Steve, in a nice way. Because again, Tyson kind of goes down the same route. He's saying, you know, all fighters are slaves and we're slaves. I'm like, easy, Bob. I own my own shit. And he yeah. goes, we're slaves, you're slaves, and Francis, you're a slave. You need to go do your own thing. And I said to Tyson, I said, well, you, you've had Dana on, dude. And I'm trying to be polite, right? I have so much respect for Mike Tyson. I went, well, you've had Dana on. Keep the same energy. Like, you've had him on. Why don't you ask him that? He's the one who controls. I point out France. I went, he's the one who controls his narrative. Why don't you ask him this stuff? Francis works for him, dude. He goes, yeah, you a slave. I'm like, that's okay. Yeah, and he's like tight with Dana, too. And it bothers me when guys defend the boss. When the boss has a track record of fucking guys over. And Steve-O doesn't know the game. He, he, he Listen, the, and it's great. The UFC retweets his poster in the fights. Like him and Theo battle out for who can, get, yeah. who can jack off the social media team the most and who can get posted on Twitter and be, become viral in there. And he gets backstage passes and he does stuff with Dana and Jorge and that's all fine and dandy. And you see that side. What you don't see is the, act, the way the sausage is made. And John does. So your perspective is from a fan's perspective, which is a bit of an issue. When guys stick up for guys like that, I get it. That's your friend. You, Bubba, you don't have to work with them. It's a different working relationship. Yeah. So when jo John did this, because it was calculated, and one thing John is, is not stupid. Because he knows if Danny goes, yep, that's the fight, we're going to make it. And then two days after, Danny goes, ah, John's just not taking, he doesn't want it, not taking the money, you know? Yeah. yeah. Then John's like, yeah, bitch, because you're not, I don't mean saying bitch, yeah. but yeah, dude, because you're not giving me the money I deserve. True that. Alrighty, back to the fight announcements. Um, this one's dope. Korean Zombie and Danny Gay. God, dog. Hell yeah. 
That's a tough one for your boy Green Zombie, by the way. I know, but it's cool that you took it because Dan called him out. So, bam. Yeah, what a great fight. Fight night main event, June 19. That's a great fight. Yeah. Love that great one. Great fight. Uh, this one's an interesting one. Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. UC 263. It makes sense, though. You know, I think it's Damian Maya's last fight in the UFC. Muhammad deserves something, right? He took that short notice fight. Yeah. Leon Edwards gets poked in the fucking eye. Great fight. This is his last fight? Pretty Probably sure uh, one, Maya won just one more, so that's what they gave him. Okay. Uh, rematch Cyborg and Leslie Smith. Hmm. Bellator 259, Friday, May 21st. All right. Showtime. Leslie Smith is tough as they come. Yeah. And um, here's I'm pretty sure all the 145 is going to eventually go over to Bellator. UFC is just kind of getting rid of the division. There's no one. There's, there's no one. Is Misha Tate going to jump She up? said, I think the first, first fight she wants to do 145. But, but naturally 135? If she wants to fight for the title, eventually, 135. Um, this is interesting. Scott Coker said that Fedor, Fedor Emelianenko is going to fight again soon, and then he's looking at Junior Dos Santos or Alistair Overeem. They're, they're in talks right now with Bellator, both of them. You don't like it. I don't know how I feel about it. I think this is what is so badass about Khabib. A guy that retires at 20, I know, and I know we want to see him fight, and selfishly, I'd love to see him fight, and the UFC kept throwing money at him and getting him to fight, and he finally was like, dude, how many times do I tell you I'm not fighting? He has his health. He has money in the bank. You're never going to see him lose. You're never going to see him ass down, face up, um, ass up, face down. That's the way it should go. So for these guys, it's just, yeah, all right, I'll watch it, you know. You're talking about everyone out of their prime there. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun to watch, I think, still. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anderson Silva, we talked about this before. I said it was a rumor. You said it was real. And it, it actually is real now. So Anderson Silva. I knew it was real because he, a friend of mine called me that uh, about a, a rumor that his team had him up to fight him. Mm-hmm. And he said, what do you think? So <laughs> I, I knew he was going to, he wanted a big celebrity boxing match and then he's fighting Julio Cesar, Cesar Chavez, Chavez Jr. I mean, is, how do you even feel about that as a boxing match? Uh, if Julio's focused and not smoking weed and missing practice, he should put it on Anderson Silva. But Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. has always had issues with discipline. And he's opening up as a pretty big favorite right now. Yeah. Minus 350 versus plus 275 for Silva. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. And when is this fight and where is it? Do we know? I don't know if they actually have is a Is it Trilla or some shit? Oh, yeah, June 19th. June 19th. I'm going to guess it's Triller since they're popping right now. Hmm. Tribute. It's going to be called Tribute to the Kings and on pay-per-view. Oh, no. What happened? Uh, Julio Chavez Sr. is going to fight. Yeah, I heard that too. Against Camacho Jr. Camacho Jr., son of his former opponent, Camacho. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's the world we live in, man. Welcome to 2021, kids. Interesting. 
it will be interesting to see how much this does, how well this one does. Because it's not like two huge, you know, YouTube stars or anything like that. It's just an older legend and a guy that's could have been great. Correct. And then, you know, uh, Camacho Sr., Chavez Sr. is pretty fucking... It's in Mexico, he's like their Tom Cruise. But I wonder if they're going to pay for it. I don't know. Welcome to 2021. Hopefully it goes well. I hope everybody makes a shit ton of money. Hopefully. You know, I'm always rooting for the MMA guys. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, so this is uh, the new Venom stuff that came out for the sponsorship money. So they said they're increasing it, right? All right. But look at how much they're increasing it by. $500? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, 1000 for the big boys. Yeah, once it gets higher, it's better. But If so. you're a title challenger, you get 32000 If you're a champion, you get 42000 Jesus. Yeah. It, it just looks like a it joke. It just in royally way. fucks over these fighters. Man. Yeah. Even, even Venom fucks over the fighters. Yeah, I, you know. For a champion to make $42,000 as a sponsor, just so you guys know where I come from, this was one of the reasons I retired, thank God, is on my shorts, for just the logo on the front, on the front lead leg, I was getting thirty to fifty grand for the one logo. Then above that, I was getting twenty, fifteen grand. The butt, I was getting thirty, fifty grand for one logo. And they're paying this for your entire outfit. Insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, just looking at the adjusted payment, how much they're going up, it's almost like it's a joke. They used to make 40, but now they're making 42. This is, this is Venom's way. When they came in, they're like, oh, Reebok fucked up. Let us in here. Then you get down to the degree, like, oh, fuck, there's not much to do here. <laughs> like, well, we want to come out with a good foot. Let's raise the payment. Let's just paint that narrative. Let's give them $500 higher. 4000 for a fight is so low, man. Yeah. Guys are making more on the local circuit than that. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Um, we already knew this fight. It's insane. So this is a, apparently officially booked now, July 10th for Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier 3. I'm excited for that. Hmm? I'm excited to see how Conor's going to switch up his, his, uh, his game. You know, it's very boxing heavy. Wasn't really paying attention to his light kicks. Uh-huh. Obviously the calf kicks are an issue for him. So we'll see. I'm rooting for him, man, as usual, you know? I think, no, I don't know. What? No, he does adjust really well, though. He does. Connor, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. Yeah. One thing he does is, again, a very smart guy. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what Dustin's going to do this time. It'll mm-hmm. be fun. Uh, I saw this. It's Bare Knuckle, I guess, president. I'll just play it for you. He's talking about a pension for the fighters. It looks like uh, BKFC has finally uh, culminated and, and came together and is going to be able to launch it. The first ever, ever in the history of the world, the first ever combat sports fighting pension for the fighters. You, wow. Oh, are you kidding me? Nah, we're gonna, Dude, that's huge. Yeah, that's we're gonna, awesome, We're going to do a pension for the fighters. We're going to put a little bit of money away from them, each and every one of their fights. Um, we're going to hold it for them for, you know, about five years or so at least, and then they can, um, you know, they can have some money to fall back on. Pretty cool. It's a great idea. Yeah. Is it a Venom thing where we're going to take a little bit of their money, put it in a pension? Is it like $500 a fight? <laughs> that you know? sad. It's dude. a great idea. It's a great idea. 
here's here's the caveat with this is and I'm not I'm not hating on bare knuckle. I think they're doing great for the fighters, and mm-hmm. I think this guy's doing a lot of great things. And there's some interesting fights on there. My question is, is bare knuckle going to be around in five yeah. years? And what happens with that money if they go belly up in three? What happens to that money? Because that does happen yes, to some promotions. All the time. Yep. Yeah. I hope that's not the case. Just asking questions here. Yeah. No hate. But great, great idea. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, you know, why can't the UFC do this? <laughs> they don't even think about it. No. That would, that looks so good in the media too if they actually did it, but whatever. Um, this is from Sandhu MMA. Uh, remember that NFT that Francis Zagano did? I do. So that it says four drops total five hundred eighty one thousand dollars. And then to put like for context, for contrast here, they said Patrick Mahomes sold a one on one of one NFT for two hundred forty seven thousand dollars. So Francis beat that one out. Guess who your boy linked up with? <laughs> Guess he's come out their own NFT. Oh yeah, dude, jump on it right now. Yep. 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 Same Sick. team that did these. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Uh, I saw this picture. I thought it was cool. GSP with uh, Tony Ferguson. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Over at Freddie Roach's gym. Not, no idea what they're doing, though. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, I wonder what's going on. Uh-huh. I saw this as well. So Brian Shaw is like the four-time world's strongest man winner. And then How this dare is- you? Dude, he's from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He's huge. Dude, he's and when I saw him next to Poirier, then he's I realized from Colorado, how big he is. dude. Cool. Strong boys are it's the Colorado water, man. <laughs> uh, this is uh, him grappling Dustin Poirier. He's probably so heavy. But he doesn't he, he doesn't know tech. No, he's just holding on to the head. <laughs> oh, Dustin got out of that? Yeah. I mean, Why did it edit to I that? Know, and there's no audio here. Oh, he doesn't know how to defend his neck. Yeah, so. yeah how does Dustin get out of that? He's I so big. So big. 6'8", dude. That's he insane. looks like the big show from WWE. Yeah. But just more jacked. And really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. Did... did, did did he get out? Dustin get out, yeah. or did they edit it and they jumped on his back? So here's a question for you. You know, like you said, if you know grappling, like you're really good at grappling and jujitsu, but you're this this size difference, could the guy still just like just choke you? Yes. Yeah. Right. He, yes. He okay. could literally. Yeah. Just do that. He he literally if he's big enough. Because here's the problem with that is Dustin can't close his guard, and I don't know how big he is, but it'd even be tough for Dustin to armbar. Cause he's so big, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And then think how strong he is, where he just get out of it and go like that. I always hear about like top grapplers say that no, even if it was like a football player, big dude, they'd still be able to do they, it. They have they, no ground. Now, don't get me wrong, Dustin is a black belt, but he's not like a uh, a Crone Gracie. Because I was 240 pounds, and Crone Gracie was like 130, and would fuck me up. That's insane. Like we went at it. We 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 did King of the Mountain at his when I was getting ready for this big jujitsu thing. I would go there every Friday because they do King of the Mountain. The way King of the Mountain works is it's like, think of March Madness. There's 64 guys on the mat, then it goes down to 32, then it goes down to 16, then it goes down to 8, then it goes down to 4, then it goes down to 2. And then me and Crone start on opposite sides of the bracket, and then we both submitted everyone to get there. Then it was me versus him, and we rolled for 15 minutes straight, and then towards like the 16, eight, damn near 20-minute mark, he armbarred me. 
insane. And he's tiny. Yeah. I'm way bigger. But then you, but you're, when a small guy like that would destroy him. But Dustin Poirier's guard's good, but it's not like that one of 1% good. Mm. Gotcha. I saw this, and I'm like, oh, Kevin actually showed me a picture of Andy Ruiz recently, and apparently he lost a lot of weight. I'm like, well, it's just the angles and stuff, right? He did the fat girl angle? Yeah, he did that. Yeah, he, he, he did this. Did this. was like, dude, he lost weight. I'm like, yeah, dude. You can't tell, right? <laughs> but then I saw this video of him doing leg workout. Look at his legs here, dude. Okay, daddy. That's one thing about big guys. When they lose weight, because yeah. their legs are used to supporting 400 pounds, there's so much muscle in the legs. That's insane. Yeah, he looks He's great. He's looking great. Yeah. Does he have a fight lined up yet? Yeah, against uh, that one other Mexican fighter. Oh, Aru uh, Aru Arillo? Arulo? Shit. He looks so Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the most Mexican guy of all time? Oh, his name's going to drive me nuts. I know. Arillo? Areola. Areola. Yeah, Areola. Close enough. And he does look very, very, very Mexican. The most Mexican. Yeah. Good for Andy Ruiz, man. His speed's going to be a problem. That's a great fight. Mm -hmm. He'll beat Areola, though. Especially right there. When he had his hair long. He looks, I mean, 100% Mexican. <laughs> yep. Got a nose on him, too. He does. Um... What else can we do? Oh, this is what. <laughs> is this a John Anik thing? Yeah, John Anik. This is uh, Kevin showed me this too. I guess so. Back in February, two fifty eight on the prelims, <laughs> these two were fighting uh, Ewell and Gutierrez, and John Anik dropped one of the weirdest lines I've ever heard. It's since gone viral, but you definitely got to listen to I'm this. I've seen it. What is it? Both of these fighters have dealt with custody battles involving their children. <laughs> oh, <what> the <laughs> <laughs> so random. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> what? I don't know. Like, why would why why would the fans what? need to know that? It's so funny. You know what, John? You need a break, bro. You need to go home. <laughs> you probably flew to Brazil or some shit, and then flew to Tired. Vegas, no sleep, and then just reading all the fucking stuff. <laughs> Both these guys struggle in the lady department. They uh, not getting a lot of swipe rights oh. on their Tinder, so. Hopefully tonight goes better for both these men in their dating life. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Oh both these men are struggling with custody battles of their <laughs> child. He gets deep. He gets deep into their lives. Yeah, too deep. Too deep. Oh, that was One thing you should know about Gutierrez is uh, allergic to avocados, DC. So that's of note. Yeah, you just get too deep sometimes, sometimes man. Too deep. Custody battles. I know how both of them go to custody battles. <laughs> I love how nobody like at DC or fucking Paul Felder like what <laughs> the fuck, dude? Please focus on the technique. Both these men uh, dealing with custody battles of their children. <laughs> Goddamn, Anik. Some things are personal, bro. Yeah, uh, that's fucking hilarious. Shout out to John Anik, yeah, my favorite people. We have on future. I'm gonna bring that up. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, you got fights. Is it Friday or Saturday? I'm uh, Showtime, Bellator. Bellator is Friday. Friday. I like the Friday cards. Give me something to do on Friday. There ain't shit going on Friday. There's no TGIF. There's no step-by-step. -step. There's no freaking full house. <laughs> you know? There's none of that stuff. 
Family Matters, but you got Showtime Bellator fights. Great main event, Ryan Bader versus Lito Machida. Two legends going at it. Question mark for you here. What version of Lito Machida are we going to get? I assume Ryan Bader is the favorite there. You got uh, Liz Carmouche. You guys would know her. She was the first woman to fight Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. for that title shot. First uh, close to. super close. She got Ronda's back. Yeah. She got Ronda's back. Um, Jeremy Kennedy, Adam Borix, huge Adam Borix fan. Kat Zingano is back. Bubba Baby, Julia Budd, great, great female fights on this card, man. Dan Moret, uh, Yamaachi, all right. Cool, man. That's Showtime Sa- Friday. 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 That is Friday. And then Saturday, April 10th. Uh, is this a noon? Yeah. That's why. why- 12 PDT. Why? I don't know. Better for me. Well, not really, because I only watch that. I have to watch it at night. Why the fuck is it? And that's in uh, Vegas, right? Yeah, same Apex center, center too. Apex Center. Why the fuck would they do that? Uh, I don't know. They don't want to compete with the March Madness or some shit? Is it on? The finals is. My my, my Bruins uh, almost got it done, lost in overtime to Gonzaga. That's got to be it then. I don't. I mean, I guess they've never shied away from any other competition. Solid fight card, really, really solid fight card. If you're hardcore, you're gonna love the card. Uh, my favorite fight on the card is Nina Ansaroff versus Mackenzie Dern. Never met Mackenzie Dern when she fights. She's getting better every uh, outing. Sam Alvey versus Julian uh, Marquez. The what's going the Cuban Missile Crisis yeah, Marquez. Yep. That's your fight of the night. And then uh, Mike Perry, Daniel Rodriguez also could be fight of the night. But if you're a real fight fan, those first three fights on that main card are fucking fire. With Mike Perry, Rodriguez, Ansaroff, Mackenzie Dern, and Sam Alvey, and Julian Marquez are fantastic men. Uh, Arnold Allen, Yusuf, great fight. Um, Then Vittori versus Kevin Holland. Again, obviously Vittori is the heavy favorite here. If you are a betting man and use DraftKings like I do... It's, I'm not saying he's going to win, but if you, if you like to take a shot in the dark, him winning uh, via KO and not going to the judges is, ain't a bad bet. And that is on Saturday, man. Vittori, Kevin Holland. The, if Vittori wins that, I assume he gets a title shot. Unless your boy Whitaker was able to pull off some crazy KO against Kelvin Gaslam, but we'll see. Easier said than done. Fun weekend of fights, kids. Is that it, Chin? That should be it. So many fight announcements. That was fun. Yeah. Again, this week's Food Truck Diary will air Wednesday on Mike Tyson's Hotboxing channel and Thursday, usual time, uh, on Below the Belt YouTube. It's Food Truck Diaries with Francis Ngano and Mike Tyson's special edition because Hotboxing. I'm co-hosting Hotboxing, baby. All right? So shout out to Francis and uh, Mike Tyson for allowing me to be part of that. Uh, thanks for watching, man. A few housekeeping notes for you uh, next week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm in Naples, Florida. Naples, Florida is April 15th through 17th. Then Austin, Texas, April 22nd through 24th. One of my favorite freaking cities in all of the world. Austin, Texas. Almost moved there, but I didn't. Uh, Austin, Texas, April 22nd, 24th. Volcan Gas Company. All shows are selling out, so we're probably going to have to add a late show Thursday. It's me and some special guests. It's going to be a fucking grand old time, man. And then just on sale back in Texas, Houston. The Houston big card is May 12th, I think. I'll look it up. 
Because I'm in Houston May 20th. So I think we're the week after. 262 May 15th, right? Oh, there we go. So I'm the weekend after. Okay. All right. Been fun if I was in the same weekend, but probably better I'm not. Uh, that's Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, baby. Uh, May 20th through the 22nd at the Houston Improv. Those tickets just went on sale. Things open up, man. Things are back to normal. Thank God. I can't wait to see you guys. Uh, but it starts with Naples next week. Then the following week, I'm in Austin. And then April, yep, April 15th, 17th, Naples. April 22nd, 24th, Austin, Texas. May 20th through 22nd, Houston, Texas. Excited to see you guys. Excited to get back on the road. Love you guys. Stay thick. Be safe. I'm out.